You can't be serious, man. You cannot be serious. That ball was on the line. Shot flew up. Oh, he's toying with him now. <laughs> hey, Caitlin. I mean, we, we warned everyone, like, hey, we're going to check in <laughs> exactly. around the Asia Swing, and here it is. It's the Asia Swing. It's early October. Yep. Tennis somehow is still going on. Baseball is about to be done. Yes. Uh, it's like halfway through the NFL season, and tennis, these poor tennis players who we love to watch week in and week out are still grinding away and still have another like month ahead of them on the schedule. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, I think that like I'm not sympathetic as sympathetic as I should be to how long the season is for these guys. Um, it's totally crazy. These are like, you know, these are individual athlete sports. Like they don't, you know, they don't get to like sit out. Why aren't you like more, you don't feel their struggle? No, no, I am. I'm just not like, not enough. Like part of me is like, (laughs) (laughs) like there's like 10% of me that's like, look, you know what I mean? Like you're making millions and millions of dollars, but that's not the case for a lot of these players. No, these guys are like still trying to grind out a few points and like Tash Kent, you know? Like the people who are have are at the sitting atop the rankings are like, oh, you know what? I think I'm going to take the rest of the year off. Like maybe make some elaborate Thanksgiving plans. Everyone else is like, please let me into the Uzbekistan tournament so I can <laughs> make enough money to, you know, pay my keepers' costs back in the home country. I know. So you know, it's it's tougher on the margins. So like, smash cut to you having like a Sharapova-esque press conference about apologizing to Uzbekistan. Like I. Like, I, I regret the comments. Really sorry. Uzbekistan, I did not mean anything by it. I'm <laughs> you, sure it's a great place. I'm sure. No, you're not. You're definitely not sure. <laughs> definitely not sure. You know what? I just haven't been told about their snacks yet. You can get me excited about visiting literally any place if I have been briefed about how delicious their snacks are. And nobody's bothered to do that for Uzbekistan. So I remain open okay. to being wooed. Speaking yeah. of Sharapova, yeah. what an interesting turn of events since we last spoke. Yes, yes. Uh, reduced to 15 months, which... Uh, the the original one always felt kind of long. This feels about right. Uh, but w- when I read it, I was like, "All right, Maria, two weeks." And I was like, "Oh, April twenty seventeen. Like, we still have a ways to go on this suspension." Recap: Maria Sharapova taking melonium. Right. Maybe it's called melodonium. <laughs> Either and- way, banned starting this year. Uh, got a suspension. Originally two years knocked back to 15 months, which does feel a little bit more appropriate. She definitely broke the rules. She definitely did not go do a good job keeping up with uh, the changes that it was banned. And like, I don't know that I buy her excuse that like her agent's job was to do that and blah, blah, blah. But she has been one of many, mostly Eastern European athletes to be snagged with this melodonium stuff because I guess everyone was taking it to recover, uh, including America's own Varvara Lepchenko who I think was maybe a an emigre from Uzbekistan. It all ties together. I think wow. that's true, actually. Wow. Um, but anyway, she's going to come back on the court April 27th. I mean, let's recap for a second. What, besides the Australian Open, really, and then, you know, Indian Wells and Miami, do you miss by missing, like, January, February? Right, right. Like, there's not, not that much. much. Of, not that much. Not that much. I mean... Having like, will she be unseated, or will they seat her anyway? I think her ranking has uh, like, continued to, has started to fall. So right. I think by that time, other people will be accumulating points, so she could be unseated. Right. Um. In the second Grand Slam, 
uh, of the year, the first she'll be available for, which is the French Open. Yeah. Somebody was writing that this year's French Open could be one that has like five unseated former number one players in the women's draft. <laughs> wow. Between Sharapova, Ivanovic, uh, Kuznetsova probably will be seated. She's had a really good like yeah. second half of this year. I think yeah. she's in the top 10 now, which is awesome. Yeah, is. Um, but Caroline Wozniacki yeah. is still like outside of the top 20. Um, yeah. And it's a pretty crazy thing to have a grand slam with like a whole bunch of like former number ones lurking, you totally. know, will, will in I, the, in the background. Will Azareka be back by then? No. Yes, and yes. well, man, she's about to have that baby. I don't right. know how far along she is, but she looks very fit. I follow her on Instagram, and she's doing a lot of juice and uh, <laughs> calisthenics. Yeah, right. She's like one of those people that will be back to her fighting weight in like two months. For sure, for yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah, I think being a professional athlete who's like still relatively young is like the best baby weight diet. <laughs> exactly right. Exactly if I ever, right. Uh, if I ever just carry a child, my plan is to become a professional athlete. <laughs> right, right, exactly. It's just to cut time off the recovery. Right, it's never too late. Except wait, it's way too late. <laughs> wait a second. Oh, it's twenty years too late. Literally. <laughs> ah, ah, blew it. Blew it. Uh, I blew it. Sp- speaking of age, uh, Sharapova is twenty nine now uh will be 30 which, right upon which, her return which on the one hand is like oh boy that's a tough age to come back uh on the other hand sharpova is only 29 i mean it seems like she's been around forever it's yeah crazy. i mean she won her first grand slam at 17 yeah. so she kind of has has been around forever yeah also was... i mean let's remember the last couple of grand slam winners uh serena obviously 35 yep. sure venus yep. uh 36 i believe yeah my one of my favorites, Francesca Schiavone, uh-huh. won the French Open at thirty-one. Right. So uh, you know, this Lina. is doable. Lina, pod uh, favorite sh- Lina. She was like thirty-three when she won. I don't know. She was up there. She was up there. She, I think she was like closer to thirty. But okay. you know, to your point, over thirty. Right. Yeah, we had like Garbina Muguruza and Angie Kerber is like twenty-eight. So right. you know, right. this is this is still prime time in tennis years. This is not the Tracy Austin uh, generation that you know burns out by their by their 20 mid 20s so yes i think good things are still in front of her is she going to be able to come back and beat serena williams i mean jesus she can't even juice so i don't know what (laughs) advantage she's going to have going into that head-to-head maybe serena just needs to have an off year i selfishly and serena's our queen and you know sovereign ruler so this is no disrespect intended i would be great just for narrative storylines if maria sharapova who reminder has not beaten serena williams in a match in 12 years. Jesus. It's crazy. 10 years. Yeah. It's been about, it's been more than a decade. Yeah. Uh, we would win just one match yeah. before Serena inevitably retires. Yes. It would be nice. I'm not rooting against Serena in any way, but I'm right. just saying, imagine, right. you know, one of the things you look for on the tennis court, which is why it's fun to see a player win a slam. They've never won or, get to some benchmark uh a fun one was angie kerber clinched the number one ranking from serena williams uh during the tail end of the u.s open which was cool to see like it's neat to see somebody achieve something in a way that's so meaningful and imagine you know the emotions that maria sharapova would allow us to uh witness were she to beat serena williams right uh i think it would be cool I think it would be cool too. There, there's a piece on ESPN.com uh, this week about, you know, where Sharapova would fit now if she were able to get her ranking up higher, which is not a foregone conclusion. But you have you have to figure, 
within a year she'll be in what the 20s like is it safe for to sure say, it's right. hard to imagine she won't be in the top 20 exactly but you know whether uh making the point that some of the top players now are kind of counter punchers uh mm. which would give her tr- trouble i mean uh they describe kerber as a counter puncher i guess i don't know um, yeah, I mean, well, I think in the sense that Kerber, like Azarenka, can play really good defense, but also has weapons. Right, right. Is trouble for Maria. Like, I right. remember watching the Maria Sharapova Victoria Azarenka. I think it was a Wimbledon final. It was it was one of the Grand Slam finals and thinking like, oh, this will be a good match. And Azarenka just owned her. <laughs> she could play defense, but then right. also she could go into offense. And Maria, like has gotten a lot better right. in like recent years. She's added a lot of tools to her arsenal. And yep. I kind of think like against the uh, speculation of many has become a decent clay court player yep. somehow, but like she still can't really play defense very well. It's right. like mellow. She's the mellow of the WTA. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I mean, I like mellow plenty, but like, you know, right. he doesn't play great defense. Like right. everybody knows that. So yeah, I think you're right. I think with the, Muguruza plays the most like her, and Muguruza has better defense than Sharapova yeah, does. Way better defense, yeah. Like she's pretty good. Uh, yeah, she can cu- she can turn a point around, whereas Maria is really really one dimensional. Yeah. So yeah, it's hard to imagine. I think the ground has sort of shifted right. a little bit in the the couple months she's been gone. We have two new Grand Slam champions. Yeah. Um, since the Australian Open, obviously Kerber won two and Muguruza won one, yeah. and so that's a big deal. I think. Yeah, I think that's right. And like, if Maria and Pliskova played at the same time, like, would we be able to tell them apart? Would Would it be hard? <laughs> well, one of one of them has <laughs> tribal tattoos on two limbs. Exactly. That's well, about it. Well, yeah, but we haven't seen uh, Sharapova in a couple months. I Holy mean, moly! Wouldn't that be awesome if she tattoos? just came back like with like prison tattoos nope. all over her body? Like a full sleeve on her right totally. arm. Totally. She was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> oh this exactly. that her uh, sponsors would would be way more horrified than with the positive test <laughs> totally <laughs> much worse they were like we stood by her through some weird really pretty weird shit but right. we cannot abide this sleeve <laughs> or yeah. she could just come back with all like new sponsors like red bull and monster energy drink oh yeah totally totally yeah, yeah. <laughs> i mean it would bring a whole it would diversify the fan base yeah sure you heard it here for, first Join our campaign to get Maria Sharapova to get a sleeve tattoo. Right. Or like in the time since she's been out of the game, she, she's like a hardcore Russian dissident and like Whoa. really, really political. Like join be. Pussy Riot. <laughs> exactly. She'd come back the and she'd be like, member. I'm the 46th member of Pussy Riot. <laughs> oh, man, I would have so much respect for her. That would be so cool. All my dreams are coming true. <laughs> right. We got to make sure this happens. Well, l- listen, if you're if anybody's looking for branding consultants, I think we've proved our mettle here. On another note, uh, you have a magazine. I do. It's going pretty well. Yeah. Um, I don't want to be t- too cocky, but so far so good. explain the magazine. So this is a magazine. We talked a little bit about, about it on the show over the summer. Uh, we were raising funds to print the first issue. We have printed the first issue. It's called Racket. It is a literary quarterly tennis magazine, kind of more of a tennis journal if we're if we're getting down to brass tacks. And why wouldn't and the whole we? Idea, yeah. And why wouldn't we? We have the chance to explain. Um, a magazine can be sort of like luxury or more about like news you can use, how to buy strings or something. And this is not what we're going for with Racket. The idea here is this is a game that's beautiful. There are a lot of people who are great tennis writers who have written sort of big thinky missives. And there's also a lot of people who like to write about tennis who aren't tennis writers. And 
sometimes they have big idea think pieces that they can't publish anywhere else. Grantland is dead. A lot of those writers are fantastic. And, um, and obviously there's also like a lot of beautiful illustration and really interesting photography that, that sort of accompanies the game and talks about the culture and the history and, uh, you know, some of the political implications of having a game that is played in every country in the world. Um, and so we thought we would bring it together in one place in this beautiful journal that comes out four times a year. So, uh, issue two we're putting together right now and we are, uh, we kind of strangely have this huge fan base in London. Uh, so we're going to go over there next month to have a big party at the Ace Hotel to sort of say, you know, tally ho and talk to a bunch of people in the indie magazine scene and awesome. hang out with people while they're there for the ATP Tour uh, World Finals, wow. which is at O2 Arena. So it's like pretty fucking awesome. Like, I'm super excited about how it's going. Um, you know, it's. Right. Bottom line, did you get together Tim Henman's appearance fee? Henman Hill doesn't pave itself. You know what I mean? Sure. Uh, if I could get Tim Henman, I mean, let's be honest. You know who I would die to have at our party? Uh, who? Judy Murray. Judy Murray. What a dream. I know. She's awesome. And she uh, raised a son who is a feminist as well. He sure and like, is. And like in an offhanded, natural way. You know yeah, what I he's mean? the best kind of feminist, which right. is just like instead of talking a lot about it, like just showing up and right. like giving credit where credits due. Like, hey, Andy Murray, how does it feel to be the first time, first defender of a gold medal? Like, oh, the Williams sisters did that. Like, yeah, come on, dude. Like, that's just awesome. We have to recognize that that is happening, and you're totally right. Yep. Speaking of Andy, what a great rest of the year he is having. He's looking good. I mean, yeah. he's not looking good because his closer an abomination but his he's playing well yeah god i was heartbroken when he lost that match Ugh. It was oh you mean right in the semifinals there. at the us open yeah yeah Ugh. hard um yeah yeah i just feel like he's put in his dues so much andy murray is the best defender even better than nadal i would argue uh on tour and the fact that he is a really he's added a lot of versatility to his offensive weaponry is true, but you're right. Like each he's pl- probably playing 80% of his shots from a defensive yeah. position. I think cause he's tall and kind of cut from stone at this point. You don't think of him that way, but, but when you watch how he constructs points, it's usually one or two offensive shots and the rest are just keeping, keeping in the middle of court. I've been playing a lot with uh, this coach who um, used to play on the tour a little bit. We were sort of getting into the philosophy of tennis, and she was like, "Oh yeah, people show you who they are when they're on the court, 100." Huh, percent And I was like, "Oh," uh, and then like it was slowly dawning on me that she was like about to say something like really probably both honest and incredibly judgmental about me. <laughs> and I was like, "Oh God, no! I want to hear this." And she was like, "Yeah, you have like a sort of stupid, reckless abandon on the court." And I was like, "Well, I can't deny that." <laughs> right. That's why my personal life is a shambles. <laughs> That's why I'm calling. I'm doing this podcast from jail. <laughs> basically but i felt like it was a pretty accurate thing like that's and that is again why i love tennis so much like you these these players show you who they are on the court and just for the record while we're talking about andy i think you are right to be heartbroken about his u.s open sputteringness uh similarly he ran out of gas at the end of the french open if you'll remember but and here's where we maybe uh shed some rays of sunshine onto the end of the year he probably won't but could surpass Djokovic in points be amazing. to claim the number one spot. It would be Wouldn't amazing. Wouldn't it? Yep. It, it would, would, be, it would amazing. be amazing. And the uh, if it's like the past few years, the tour final 
is in uh, London has that super weird lighting, super duper weird. It looks like a yeah. play or something. Um, so that would be yeah. Really it's like cool. a mammoth play where like only one person has a spotlight. <laughs> I, know, I know exactly. Hopefully, without all the sexism. But, yeah, you know, exactly. And maybe then, not. And then when they wear like blue shirts, it like blends right into the weird surface. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> Although he will not I'm... be wearing a blue shirt, certainly. Listen, you know what would be cool? Why don't we do a show live from there? Yeah. Do you want to do an episode while I'm there? Sure. Yeah. Maybe totally. I can, like, you know, bogart the, like, recording studio or something. Yeah, sure. That would be And if I can fantastic. get Tim Henman or Judy Murray <laughs> on, the, like... on the horn, even better. Yes. Much better. I feel like that would be a really cool way to end the year, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think also that, like... Um, the tour final is uh, underrated. Uh, I agree. I yeah. think it's really, really cool and fascinating, actually. And I think, uh, you know, on both sides, obviously, the London event is for the men and Singapore, I think a week or two earlier is where the WTA tour finals ends up. And I have to say, like, it's cool. It's indoors. It's a stadium-esque atmosphere in a way that, like, kind of makes it a little bit more like an exhibition match than a Grand Slam. Yeah. And that's okay. It's, like, a totally different feeling thing. I mean, at least from observing it on TV. I'll maybe be able to tell you more after I see it in person. But I like the fact that it's kind of got this celebrating, celebratory sort of, like, capper right. feel to it. And then also, like, again, both tours have – very interesting dramatic finishes here like angie kerber is now sitting atop the rankings serena actually could catch her right. and also like there's no it's a round robin format between the top eight players on each on each tour and like there's a lot of capable people in each draw like this is right. not one or two it's like not the federer nadal will be the finalist kind of years right. or like oh serena's gonna beat everybody it's legitimately suspenseful. Like Simona Halep, she could totally come out of this thing, the yep. champion, and like end yep. up with the trophy. So yep. could Muguruza. So could Pliskova, probably. Right. Um, you know, on the men's side, like Stan Wawrinka came out of nowhere. Like Andy is in a position to walk away, maybe with number one, assuming that he wraps up Shanghai pretty well. So like that's kind of cool. Like yeah. it means something as much as being number one in the world means, and it doesn't mean nothing. Right. Right. No. 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 I mean, it's like your obit starts former world world number one you know what i mean yeah my obit's not gonna say anything cool like that caitlin thompson was was an erratic player and an erratic person first line <laughs> on that note <laughs> on that note um all right good luck in london man thank you uh let's check in i'll call you from across the pond i always find it delightful to talk to you when i'm somewhere weird i know i know you're a world traveler all right you know I can't help it. Very glamorous. Until Erratic, then. but glamorous. Erratic, but glamorous. <laughs> Thank you, Chris. All Talk right. to you soon. Bye now. Bye. Bye.